Hello and welcome to the GX podcast, the world's first podcast focused on government services and their future. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to government excellence, government service design and delivery, GovTech, and citizen engagement. Join us for insightful interviews and conversations every month. Visit us online at gx.ae. Hi, and welcome to this special episode of our podcast. Today, we're talking about GX Now, the recent documentary, and the people who played an important part in the documentary. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Reichenthal, who's a big part in that film. Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you, Ian. And a big congratulations to you for producing this incredible documentary on the future of government services. Well done. Thank you, Jonathan. And it's not me. It's the collective effort of people like yourselves and others who've made this film possible. You know, we worked with an international kind of a list of governments and influencers and people, and it was a really an amazing experience, tiring at some points of it, of the journey, <laughs> but it's been uh, incredibly rewarding. We've had an amazing feedback from the community, from viewers. So it's definitely the fruit, you know, as the tree has borne the fruit. So thank you so much for making this possible. And let's talk about the journey of what it took to make the film, your experiences, and where we are today with respect to this domain of government experience. Sure, thank you. Well, let me just say, first of all, the documentary is very unique. We don't think anyone else has made a compilation of inputs from experts around the world on the current state of government experience, and particularly from the sort of digital side of things. Uh, so again, compliments to you and your team for pulling this together and, and really giving us a point in time capture of uh, where things are at around the world. I love the experience. It was a great privilege uh, for you to invite me to, to be part of it. And uh, I had fun, you know, in the process. It's always interesting to me doing video recording uh, or even doing any type of interview because you'll You'll sit down for maybe an hour and then in the actual final cut, maybe it's a couple of minutes. So it's always interesting to know what's uh, used in the final uh, product. You know, it's, it's amazing that in the documentary, we hear from people in the Netherlands, in the United States, in Dubai, in Estonia, and, and even more places. You hear these fascinating stories about what's going on. Uh, you see a lot of commonality with regard to this, this drive to have a better, uh, higher quality uh, government experience, but you also see the differences. You see, you know, for example, some communities are just getting started, whereas other communities are way, way advanced. Not unusual when when we're deploying uh, new technologies and processes around the world. I think we're at a good place. I think we're at the beginning uh, relative to sort of a global shift. There's a lot of work to be done to, to lay the digital infrastructure in place in, in many communities. You know, when we look at incredible cities like Dubai, New York City, San Francisco, you know, Melbourne, Australia, Barcelona and Spain and, and Toronto and Canada, you know, these are places where great work has been done. And, and you know, the bar has been raised and, and best practices are being exposed. But we have to recognize that the vast majority of the tens of thousands of cities around the world uh, are not yet uh, very much along the progress that's needed to, to get experiences to a sort of a 21st century level. So I think we're, we're in a good place starting off. The momentum is there. 
Uh, you've captured it well in the, in the documentary. And uh, as a person who's passionate and deep in this topic, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more and more cities step up and more and more digital experiences being exposed to more communities around the world. Absolutely. Hey, thanks. That's really well said. I want to talk about a couple of things that we we covered or did or, or how the journey started. So uh, you've been a huge part of the GX initiative by the Prime Minister's office in the UAE, and that's where kind of GX idea has started from. So that's great. So you were part of the first GX forum that took place, I think it was a couple of years ago uh, in Dubai during the World Government Summit. And then you also were part of the one that happened in Berkeley that was last year. Tell us about those experiences. You you played a big part in bringing people together and kind of having that conversation. Tell us how how what were your kind of uh, experiences doing both of these forums? Yeah, um, and now we've just done a third. In fact, in Dubai in December of 2020 at Jitex. So we got three under our belt, and and we're planning planning for more. The first few are always the most difficult because you're breaking new ground and you're you're kind of defining the future. You know, I, I give a lot of credit clearly to the team at the uh, uh, UAA office in in Dubai. They are visionaries and they you know are, are pushing all of us, which is uh, which is what we need. And they're investing. This requires real time and frankly money to make it work. But you have to have somebody taking a leadership position, and and then others will follow. And it creates a tremendous uh, model. I think what strikes me, particularly in the first one, and then, uh, well, I'll talk about the first one, is was the international component. When I was there, I was hosting it. I was facilitator of, of this discussion uh, with leaders from around the world about the future of government services. I was looking at, you know, a very senior person from India, from the from the government in India. I was looking at a person from Azerbaijan. There was yourself, of course, and there was a guy from the prime minister's office in London uh, in the UK. So the perspectives we got were truly international. They were sophisticated and we recorded it all, you know, and, and we wrote about it. And the idea is not to have a meeting, you know, in, at a conference or an event and then not share it with the world. The, the idea is to take these insights and share, share freely with everyone because we want to see benefits. We, we are very much motivated by doing the right thing here, by having solid social impact. In the second event that we had in uh, UC Berkeley over here, not far from where I live, it was more of a local event. So this was more of a kind of a US-centric. And the idea was that we would take this on the road and we would have a sort of a European-centric event and perhaps a Southeast Asian event. We still have plans for that. And then the third event happened in uh, Dubai at JITEX, a big technology conference, uh, just about a couple of months ago. And we got a really a neat perspective from the Gulf states. There were some people from the, from the surrounding area. At the end of the day, when we have the luxury to convene people who are deep in this space, who are thinking about it, and people who are doing stuff, that's something we have to leverage. And that's something we have to spread with the world. We all benefit. You know, this is something where, where we all benefit. We're not necessarily competing. You know, the... A digital service, uh, you know, to get a permit in in Miami, in Florida, doesn't compete with the need to do that in Paris, in France, you know, or Rome, in Italy. We want a lot of us who are passionate about the space want everyone to glean the benefits from our, our insights and our sharing of knowledge. Absolutely, and there's so much that's happening in governments across the world. And you captured some of the names uh, of who was there. And I'm just trying to think. We had, uh, of course, representation from India. We had 
uh, the UK, Tim Unwin, ICT chair for a large uh, nonprofit. He was part of that conversation. Government of Dubai, yourself, uh, Marlowe's Pomp, uh, head of blockchain from the Netherlands. And so there are all these different uh, leaders came together to share what the idea for the future governments can be and how can you change government experience. Talking about government experience, we are now in the era of kind of COVID-19, the pandemic has taken over our lives over the last 12 months. And one of the things that's happening now with government experience is the rollout of the vaccines, right? Everybody is just rolling out vaccines. And that is 100% government services. This is exactly what GX is all about. What is the experience yes. that citizens are feeling when you roll out these vaccines? Let's talk about that because I'm personally following this every single day, right? We all yeah. are. And how not to make it so relevant. Let's talk about government experience in Canada, right? With the, with the rollout. I'm here in Canada. Let me start here. Sure. We are having a terrible time with vaccination rollout because of supply issues, demand issues, rollout. So it's for me as a citizen, let me say that I'm not having a good government experience right now in Canada. Mm -hmm. You're in the United States. How about yourself? Yeah. Well, people need to understand that the United States is, is made up of 50 states. And in many ways, we have 50 different uh, entities doing different things. The federal government is useful for coordinating, but as those uh, vaccines make their way to the last mile and then into your arm, you know, you're probably dealing with a, a local government or a state government individual or organization. So we do have, unfortunately, pro 50 different experiences. First of all, it's interesting on multiple levels. Number one is I can't think necessarily of a project of this scale ever happening before. You know, we, we have to jab, you know, the arms of you know, almost seven and a half billion people in a short amount of time. It's hard to see if there's any precedent to that. And so the the sheer scale of it is seems overwhelming. A big part of it is government and a big part of it is government services, but it is a partnership. You know, the the, the research and, and uh, the manufacturer and even the the trucks and trains and planes that are moving the vaccine about the place. A lot of it is private sector. It is a public-private partnership uh, for sure. Government is best positioned, you know, because it is a, a large-scale convener and has the appropriate authority and the legislative clout to, you know, make things happen and make them happen relatively fast. I would say, you know, we're early in this. We're right now. You and I are talking uh, in early 2021. I read this morning that we're at about 120 million vaccines administered. You know, relative to seven and a half billion, not a lot, but 120 million jabs is actually quite impressive. My sense is it'll get better. We'll learn. Logistics will improve. The relationship between government and the private sector will be further refined as we figure. You know, iron out all the. Uh, all the problems and sort of optimize. So early days, it's a bit bumpy, um, no doubt. Uh, I'm not sure. It's hard for me to compare it against Canada. Certainly, uh, we're having a, a variety of experiences here. It's impressive on one level, but I'm confident that uh, we'll learn as we go. And, and by mid-year to end of year, uh, this will be going quite smoothly. And certainly, I hope so. Thank you. Uh, there's technology will play a big part in, in this rollout and the post rollout phase. And before we talk about technology, let's talk about the UAE, because the UAE, I believe, is on the top number one or number two spot right now in terms of vaccinating the maximum number of people. I think it's 50 or more than 50 per 100 people who live there. So they're really they've done a really great job at ramping up vaccinations and the rollout has been incredible. So I'm 
I'm guessing the experience there or in Israel is really better than anywhere else. But also we need to realize the scale. For example, in a country like India or China or the US, where you have millions and billions of people to vaccinate, I think it'll be a very big, a different experience. Talk about India and China. It'll be a very different yeah. experience for people there when it comes to vaccinations. There's a lot of things that come into play. I mean, you've got, the, for example, scale, right? Just sheer geographic size, right? You know, uh, the, the countries you mentioned, India, China, United States are very big land masses. So moving stuff around the place, getting it to people uh, is really complicated. But another characteristic is the nature of the governance, you know, how uh, those societies are, are, are managed. And uh, one could imagine in, in China with sort of more of a, a top-down, you know, strong form of government, there's more likelihood to be a disciplined, more rigid process that people have to participate in. India is somewhere in the middle, and sort of on the other side is the United States, where we're we're very liberal, and there, there's a much greater degree of uh, sort of part, volunteer participation in this. Uh, many people won't participate, and, and there, there will be no repercussions for that. People will make appointments to uh, to get their vaccine, and they won't turn up. That's just part of you know our our type of the, the society we have in, here in the U.S. So that those kind of characteristics around the world will also, I think, contribute towards how uh, smoothly it goes, how quickly it goes, uh, as time goes by. Let's talk about technology. Uh, and I know we have a, a short amount of time left. Sure. There's talk about COVID-19 passports, where you can now track who has got the vaccinations and who hasn't. I was talking with one of our friends from uh, who, who was also in the film uh, from Estonia, and he was telling me that Estonia has already got a system to track vaccinations, and it's based on blockchain technology. Mm. And there's other, other ideas. Denmark has recently come out with a tracker. It's on your phone. It's got a barcode system. Iceland has come out with a system, but it's printed document papers. Let's talk about this, a global, globally acceptable format of yeah. a COVID-19 tracker, because regionally and at a country level, I believe it's really easy to do it. Uh, you create an app, you get people to uh, jump on it, and it's fine. What happens when you talk about international travel? How can we trust that a certificate <laughs> issued in Denmark is legit it's real and it's it's acceptable tell me your perspective on how do we move forward and remove the friction and remove the barriers when it comes to free travel and traveling which is a big hurdle uh, right now but how do we enable that and how can governments work together to reduce the friction and create an amazing international government experience with that you know it is it is a little disappointing that we're in the third decade of the 21st century. And we're still very weak at uh, international coordination. You know, despite the successes of the United Nations as a sort of a body for coming to agreement on certain things and mediating issues, we don't have broad standards on, on many things at all. And in a way, when we look back at this pandemic a few years from now, one of the lessons and perhaps something we can build on is perhaps it should have been coordinated globally at a, to a much greater degree. And, and then the question is, well, who would have done it? Is it the United Nations or perhaps the World Health Organization? Uh, perhaps there's, a, there's another body. So we're, we're still not very sophisticated as a, a global community around this type of coordination. Now, that said, we, for example, have credit cards that we can use in most countries in the world, right? And we have a passport system that, you know, if you show up with your passport at a 
at a, um, a border, it generally is going to be accepted and understood. So, you know, we have some models for global acceptance, both in the private and in the public sector. Unfortunately, there's nothing quick that we can do here in the next sort of 12 months as, as we progress through the majority. Well, it's going to be a few years, but we'll get a lot done in the first year and and more in the subsequent years. There isn't a quick fix for this. There isn't a good answer to your question of how do you have a, a globally accepted form of, uh, you know, that authenticates that you got your vaccination entirely. Something that works in concert with, with the passport system probably is, is a decent idea. Um, although it's worth reminding ourselves, you know, a lot of people don't have passports, you know, uh, uh, so they'd have to get, you know, one of those perhaps. I think the best way to answer this question at the end of the day, acknowledging all the limitations, is there's going to be another pandemic, sadly. There, there is going to be another one. Uh, can we learn from this and prepare ourselves better? And can we do uh, a much better, make a greater effort at a global coordination, both on the sort of the processes and, and communication side, but also on the technology side? Absolutely. I think there's still a lot to do. And I think real readiness and preparedness for the future for governments, organizations, countries, people will be in. How do we now learn our lessons from this pandemic? And how do we become ready for something that could strike us five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line? And what will vaccine rollout look like? Or do will we even need vaccines? Because now we've kind of built our resistance to such an incident. There's so many things that can be done and that are possible. But Jonathan, I want to thank you for your contribution to GX Now, the documentary. It's available on Amazon Prime in the US, Germany. Uh, it's rolling out to other places across the world. Uh, and if it's not available on Amazon Prime in your region or country, then check it out on YouTube, check it out on Vimeo. And it's also on some other video on demand platforms and the rollout continues. Uh, visit the website at gxnow.com and be part of that conversation. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ian. Thanks for doing this. All right, take care. Thank you.